0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: In a minute, because we live. We, live. we live.
0: Welcome in. This is Locked On Hornets, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. That's right, number one daily sports podcast network because it is the NBA offseason we are now twice weekly we'll be airing Tuesdays and Thursdays throughout the summer but we've got some great stuff planned uh, for the podcast listeners and also for the Patreon subscribers as well we're really cooking some great stuff up in the kitchen right now so stay tuned for more information on that. I'm Doug Branson, no Walker Mail today. No Walker Mail this week, Tuesday and Thursday. He has the week off because it is ACC Media Week and he is needed as a member. He's the he's the pod dad, but he's also the radio guy, the professional radio guy who has to cover ACC Media Week for ESPN 730. So he'll be away. I'm working on a guest for Thursday. Stay tuned on that. Just a reminder, you can get locked on Hornets on Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and when you get in your car or you get home from work, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. They're smart enough to play us dumb guys talking about the Hornets. Speaking of the Hornets, they wrapped up Summer League with a win over the Utah Jazz, 84-74. to Kennedy Meeks, former UNC star, was the star of this show. 18 points, game-high 10 rebounds, and 4 assists. In just under 17 minutes, he made quick work of things. Bacon added 11 points, Hicks with 10. No Devontae Graham in this game. They held him out. And uh, now that we're done with Summer League, it's kind of a, a time to step back and talk about what I liked, what I didn't like. And there was a lot to like, I think, from this Summer League. Like if you're really invested in in the younger players, I think there's a lot to take away from the Hornets' trip to Las Vegas. Number one, no major injuries. That's always what you're scared of, right, when it comes to all of these young players playing in, in Summer League and we're getting all of this data about all of these players that go through the AAU system and their joints and their knees and their all of these appendages are just getting worn out before they ever hit the college basketball scene, much less – The NBA. So, anytime you can get through a summer league and not have any of your, you know, sort of contributing players not be injured, like that's a huge thing for the Charlotte Hornets. So, that's number one. I really like, too, that everyone seemed to share the basketball. Like the guys that needed to get their work in got their work in. So, Devontae Graham got plenty of shots up. Dwayne Bacon got plenty of shots up. Miles Bridges got plenty of shots up. But you also saw Major action from some of the deeper cuts as well. Arnie Kuboka, Cody Martin getting a lot of run. And so, you know, I think the coaching staff did a great job of featuring different players in different games, calling action for different players in different games. And you got a really wide picture of of what the future of Hornets basketball could look like with some of these young players in tow. And it meant that you didn't really have a, a huge standout for the Hornets in this summer league. Like nobody was in top five points, top five field goal percentage, anything like that. But you had a very even spread of the basketball. And I think that's important as this team is going to have a lot of holes to fill. They needed to spread the basketball around And I love Devontae Graham staying with it. He kind of struggled early on in Summer League with his shot, and that's what one of the things that I was looking for going into Summer League was had Devontae Graham improved his ability to knock down long-range shots, and he improved as he went along, and really played well against the Bulls in the last summer league game that he was featured in, knocking down several deep threes, off-balance threes. I mean, that's what you thats what you need from Devontae Graham. Like, you know he's a playmaker. You know he has an ability to drive and find those little creases to get inside. But can he knock down shots? That's the big question mark for Devontae Graham. And as the summer went on, he at least put a stake in the ground early and said, hey, I, I, I have improved in that area and I think he's making a case, at least in my mind, for that backup point guard position behind Terry Rozier. I think the Hornets should definitely explore options to bring some veteran leadership to that backup point guard position or maybe to the third point guard if they if they want to spend a little less money. But I think Devontae Graham certainly said, hey, I'm, I'm here to compete in training camp for that backup point guard position. Dwayne Bacon is looks like he's competing for a starting spot. I mean, he showed off a great command of the floor, and that aggressiveness, that ability to attack and make plays off the bounce – that's what I wanted to see from Bacon, and I saw it in droves. And then Miles Bridges—I mean, oh my God—he's just—he's hitting up high, and he's turning heads. He's getting LeBron James to tweet at him. I mean, he is—he's throwing down the plays that that you're going to see all all year long on SportsCenter, on Twitter. I mean, he is—he is a a human uh, summer highlight reel so far. Miles Bridges, uh, just—I don't know what more you want to see from him at this point. Um, But I I think he's going to play really, really well. Arnie Kuboka doing a little bit of everything, showing off his versatility and body growth. Uh, I I just love, I mean, he's a Swiss Army knife right now and a strong one at that. I mean, that's the thing you wanted to see. You know, he was really scrawny last year and it's clear that he's put on the muscle. He's put on the bulk. He looks like, I think he looks like a G League player. And that's a compliment because I I think, you know, you want to see them rise up take Arnie Kolboka, develop him in Greensboro, and eventually, hopefully, they get to be one of these teams out here who gets a steal in the second round, a European stash type of player. I would love the Hornets to, to make that kind of headline. Cody Martin didn't do enough for me to think he's going to get a shot with the big show yet, but I think he has the potential to be an athletic big point guard who can make plays in transition. I mean, the way he drives the basketball, the confidence that he plays with – if he if he reduces some of the mistakes, becomes a little bit better of a shooter and a defender, I think Cody Martin could be uh, a future Charlotte Hornet someday, just not right now. What I didn't like from summer league, there was really only one thing and that's who we didn't see. It, it was unfortunate obviously that that PJ Washington was not able to play and able to get that experience. Uh, but they were being careful, and I'm always for that. Again, I got to go back to the one major thing that I like from Summer League, no major injuries. So I, I like being careful with young talent, but it was obviously disappointing that PJ, Her- that PJ, oh, I almost said it, I almost said PJ Hairston, I almost called back uh, to the, the the PJ of your. But it was unfortunate that PJ Washington wasn't able to play. And also Malik Monk's absence, I think, was way more significant than some people Think It was Uh, because he was a third year player. I think that it was easy to let Malik Monk off the hook. And, you know, we've heard from the coaching staff that he has been in the gym, that he is improving his body. But I also want to see him improve his game. It's not as if, you know, he was an effective skill player that that also needed to bulk up. I think both areas, I think, you know, showing what he can do on the basketball court and being able to bulk up, I think, were two things that Malik Monk had to focus on. And we've got reports that one of those things is taken care of. And, and you know, he obviously has confidence enough with his game that he didn't feel like he needed to be at Summer League. But you have Terry Rozier, who just joined the team, who's been working out with some of the young guys. Was Malik Monk a part of that? I'm not sure. But I would have loved to see him be a part of what the Hornets were trying to do in Las Vegas. So those are the things that I liked. Some of the things that I didn't like from summer league, I think walking away, you have to say that while the Hornets have drafted safe, there, there are not a lot of busts among these picks, your Bacons, your grams, your bridges, your Cabocas, even Cody Martin showed flashes. And I'm just excited that these young players are going to be contributors And that some of them are athletic and like fun to watch. I mean, that's always great, right? For so long, this franchise had focused in on drafting skill over athleticism. And I think at least right now, it's shifting more into two-way play and to athleticism. And that's what Summer League showed off to me. We don't do this podcast alone. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Say it loud. Say it proud. Search Locked On in your podcast feed to see if your favorite NFL, MLB, or college team is represented. I met a guy uh, the other day here in Nashville that listens to Locked On Chiefs, big Chiefs fan, and he was surprised that that Locked On had representation for the Kansas City Chiefs. We're growing people. You can go to LockedOnSports.com right now to check out all that we have to offer. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering your team every day Speaking of, we've got coverage of the NBA coming up. No shortage of big offseason storylines to keep track of. But there is a big one right now, and that's Russell Westbrook to Houston. We've got Ben DeBoise, Houston Rockets insider for Locked On Rockets, up next with Matt Moore talking about that move and what it means for the Houston Rockets moving forward. You're listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first
1: comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, coming? did
0: I say Leonard? I meant Miles Turner. Okay. <laughs> you did.
1: I think okay. you said Myles. That was Leonard. on me.
0: Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake.
1: I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind.
0: Absolutely.
1: I was thinking Steve Clifford
0: and I might be the shot. same wavelength. Hot shot, Myers Leonard. <laughs> that's that's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets Podcast. I mentioned at the top of the show that we are working on some new things, some new segments. Last year, we did the top 30, our top 30 definitive list. We did the top 30 Hornets of all time before anybody else did. That was our thing. And then everyone wanted to kind of jump on it and do their own lists. But we were first. Just want to put that out there. We'll be doing some other stuff like that this summer to basically just kind of give you just a little bit to get you through these summer doldrums. If you have to watch baseball to get your sports fix, do it. I just watched a Braves Brewers game. I'm a, I'm kind of a little bit of a Braves fan. I like Freddie Freeman. Heard this Albies guy is really good. I'm enjoying watching some of these new uh, young Braves players they have. So I've been listening to locked on Braves as well, but uh, yeah, I mean, do whatever you got to do to get your fix going on. And I want you to also think about this prepare yourself like prepare yourself for what's coming with Charlotte Hornets basketball. We don't, and, and it's tough too because we don't know exactly what this team is going to be without Kimball Walker, because he was such a driving force of what the Charlotte Hornets were and they are looking for a new identity. And if you read the interview that uh, Rod Boone did with uh, coach Borrego in the Athletic, it's clear to me that the Charlotte Hornets are looking for something completely different than than what they were. I mean, they're looking to not only establish a new identity, but really find out who is going to be a future contributor to this basketball team. So, So that's why I don't think it's crazy to anticipate major rotation changes and maybe some young players that are showing out right now that have showed out in Las Vegas – getting much bigger opportunities over players that are paid significantly more because I think the Charlotte Hornets are in search of a new attitude. They're in search of a new identity. And, and I just want you to prepare yourself because it might not happen right away. Like they might be. I, no, I don't even think they might be. I mean, I think they're going to be bad initially. and And they could surprise some people. You know, Terry Rozier could could have a breakout season and all of a sudden, you know, they're back to contending for the, the eighth, ninth, tenth seed. Or they may be very bad, but it's going to be different. And I think it's just good now to just take a breath and prepare ourselves for whatever's coming because it's going to be different. Uh, different. Speaking of different, a lot of teams right now, especially in the Western Conference, look a lot different, including the Houston Rockets, who added another MVP to their roster and Russell Westbrook. Ben Dubois, Locked On Hornets host, talked with NBA insider Matt Moore about the changes required of the Houston Rockets when you add a second alpha. Take a listen.
1: What are the things that they need to do differently to optimize this for Russ? I think they got to rebuild the offense from scratch. I really do. I mean, I just think when they trade for Chris... Uh, I was initially like, oh, boy, I don't know if this is going to work or not. But then, like, I talked myself into it pretty quickly. Um, And then, like, I talked to Mike D'Antonio over the summer. I was lucky enough to get a phone call with Mike. And I asked him about the whole process. And he's like, I'm not really honestly that worried about that. Like, these are two really great players. They're going to figure it out. I just got to not get in the way. And they did. It's just that, Chris, you could – Chris and Harden are similar. They're both brilliant passers. They're both efficient shooters. Um, they don't possess like otherworldly athleticism in terms of explosiveness. Like Harden's really athletic, but not to the rim. Mm. Um, like he's not just gonna like he's not gonna like jump from four feet out and dunk all everybody. Is my point. Um, they're similar in a lot of ways, and so you could use the isolation offense in order to kind of, like maximize what they're capable of doing. Russ is just so different from everything else. Like, he's just so different. Like, he doesn't shoot threes great. He does a healthy amount of mid-range stuff. He ISOs, but he also likes running pick-and-roll. That's his bread and butter. I don't think they have to start necessarily from scratch in terms of, like, they got to build some sort of weird – it's not like adding, like, Nikola Jokic or Carl Anthony Towns. But it is, like – I think one of the things is they transitioned away from, okay, we're going to run Harden, um, Capella, pick-and-rolls 50 times a game to, oh, we're going to run Harden, Capella, pick-and-rolls, like, 20 times a game, but mostly we're going to use it to get isos, and we're mostly just going to isolate it all the time. I think if they just go back to, we're just going to run spread, pick, and roll. Um, we're going to play up-tempo. I think that's one of the biggest keys. Is like they got to play I firmly believe they've got to play more up-tempo. James should be able to do that because he's not going to have the offensive load that he has had the last two years because uh, Russ has got to get touches, and Russ is going to get shots. So like that should allow him to be like, all right, let's, let's get up the floor just a little bit. Um, I don't necessarily know that you got to go full on fast pace, but you do at least have to give, do a little bit more up tempo. And to be honest, that's been one of Russ's problems too. It's like Russ is either in a fast break, or he's walking the ball up. And like, there's got to be a medium ground there of you got to play up tempo. You got to get a little bit more motion into the offense, so that's not Russ throwing himself against a four-player brick wall, trying to find a shooter, and that you can find a a few more deviations, a little more subtleness, a little more nuance in the offense. This is just going to be a lot more
0: delicate, I think, than Harden and Chris were. Good stuff there again from Ben DeBoss and Matt Moore. For more, you can go to LockedOnHornets.com and get your NBA fix with every team, every day. When you're driving to work or from work or around town, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Hornets, and we'll be right there with you for the drive, for the gym, at home, wherever you need us. That's where we'll be. Coming up, a preseason game has been announced. Preseason just on the horizon. It's almost there. We're coming back at you, Locked On Hornets, here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Mm. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, so dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. We need the boys to mend with that now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We're back here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and the Charlotte Hornets will be back in action in the preseason in October. The Hornets announced yesterday that the team will host the Philadelphia 76ers in a preseason home game at Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, on Friday, October 11th at 7.30 p.m., The contest will mark the 12th time that Charlotte's NBA franchise has hosted a preseason game in the triad area. Most recently, they played at the Greensboro Coliseum in 2016 against the Boston Celtics, who doesn't it feel like now that the Boston Celtics and the Charlotte Hornets are just intertwined forever? We're just going our, our fates as basketball organizations are just going to be forever. Uh, intertwined with one another and you know what it 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 is poetic in a sense because it was Alonzo Mourning's shot against the Boston Celtics that got the Charlotte Hornets their first uh, franchise playoff series win and now with you know godfather offers and Kimball Walker moving to Boston and Terry Rozier moving to Charlotte it just seems like that Hornets fans will never be rid of of Boston fans, and I don't think Boston feels the same way. I don't think Boston is uh, sitting around wondering if they'll ever be rid of of the Charlotte franchise. Uh, but I think that uh, Hornets fans are wondering if if the pain will ever stop. Uh, it will. It will stop when preseason games get underway, and you can look forward to seeing what the new young players are going to do for this franchise. Tickets will go on sale for that game. On July 18th at 10 o'clock a.m., you can purchase them online, Hornets.com, Ticketmaster.com, or at the box offices there at LJVM Coliseum or the Greensboro Coliseum box offices will also have them on sale. So that'll be a fun game. You'll get to see the uh, newly signed Ben Simmons. Do you see that contract? Five years, $170 million for Ben Simmons, a guy that still cannot shoot threes. A player that, I mean, Devontae Graham can outshoot Ben Simmons from beyond the arc. I mean, this is it's it's crazy to think that a player that is not he's not playing a modern game, but he's also he's a modern player in the sense that he has ball handling abilities and playmaking abilities and vision that don't normally go along with a player with his measurables. So he's modern in that sense, but that he cannot shoot long range really at all is, I don't know if it's not understandable because, you know, there's, there has to be some recognition that you don't want to wait till it's too late. I mean, I feel like that was the problem with Dwight Howard. Like could Dwight Howard, if he had committed, if he had realized that, Hey, I'm not going to be Superman forever and had committed five years prior to join the Hornets to, Really working on developing a jump shot. Could he have turned into uh, one of these bigs that saved their careers by shooting outside? I mean, he always used to cite Tim Duncan as sort of his inspiration for trying to expand his game uh, uh, to uh, to save his career, but but he was never able to do that, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't able to to transform himself into an outside shooting big. And now uh, he moves on to his next adventure and next, you know, weird profile where he says he's put it all behind him. Um, But you wonder, you know, how long can you wait to develop? Because I don't think it's impossible for players to develop new skills. Like a lot of people have this opinion that, you know, you are what you are by the time you're in your third, fourth, fifth year. And it's really difficult to kind of pick up a new skill or... By that time, it's a signal that you've tried to pick up that new skill and just aren't able to. But I just I feel like there's evidence. There's enough evidence that players have been able to because it is a skill thing, right? Because shooting is a certainly if you are if you still have juice in the knees, you're going to be able to get separation and and get certain shots that other players aren't. Um, But Blake Griffin is a player who developed an outside shot out of nowhere. I mean, he was an awful outside shooter and and it had to start somewhere like it started small he was he was able to kind of get that elbow jumper going on early and then extend it out and now you know he was able in a season where he was kind of limping along because of different injuries he was able to to put together a really nice season because he was able to shoot the basketball and you just wonder like how long can Ben Simmons wait before he you know Decides, oh, I want to join the rest of the efficient offensive players who can all knock down a few jump shots. We'll see. It'll be interesting to watch. I'm sure we'll hear from Locked On Sixers whenever he does figure it out. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets. Remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. Join us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash L-O-H. Big things ahead This summer. Thank you so much for listening. For Walker Mail and Nada Edwards, I'm Doug Branson. Go Hornets! Go America! Let's swarm Charlotte.